Let's go back in time to March 30th, 2003. Make Love by Room 5 featuring Oliver Cheatham was number one in the UK and In The Club, yes, I just said Dark Club, by 50 Cent was number one in the States. And the US box office, Steve Martin, sorry, at the US box office, Steve Martin's Bringing Down The House was the biggest grossing film of that month. But far more importantly than any of that, WWE presented their first WrestleMania post the F being kicked out on their 19th overall at the beautiful Safeco Field in Seattle, Washington. Mine and my guest this evening's third WrestleMania took place 20 years ago. Lewis, how are you doing today and how pumped are you to be watching this show together for the first time in 20 years? Oh man, absolutely amazing. Nostalgia is high, in, it is high indeed. Um, I was just uh, explaining that um, my daughter has gotten into it and uh, this event was the was the go-to uh, with regard to uh, ho- uh, sorry, Rock and, and Austin. So yeah, getting ready to get into it. Amazing. So um, we're not going to do a full watch along of this because we just want to enjoy it as much as possible. But to start off with, I mentioned to you off air, Lewis, that we're watching the DVD version of this rather than the network version. And there is an important reason as that. It's because that video package that we've just watched, which we both said is probably the best opening video package they've ever done in WrestleMania, the network version doesn't have the original music. Yes, super. Yeah, niche. absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know what the I don't know what the reason for that is. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't have it. So I, I, I was looking for this DVD. So I, so I thought that I had all the WrestleMania saved on DVD because I knew that I sold some when the network came out. I sold them to like Music Magpie or something. So I was upstairs in the loft trying to find this. And I couldn't find it anywhere. I was crawling about in the eaves of the loft. Loft. I found WrestleMania 20. Couldn't find this one at all. I actually dropped uh, and lost an earphone in the loft eaves as well. So it was an expensive occasion in there. Mm. Uh, not an Apple one or anything, just like a cheapo one. So at least it lucky, wasn't too lucky. bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then basically, I looked at my emails and found out that I'd actually sold. I'd actually sold this. Um, so I bought it, and it's arrived just in time for tonight because nice. I couldn't. I couldn't have lived with watching that terrible version of the network without the without the proper music right 2003 lewis we're gonna we're gonna turn down matt hardy and ray mysterio is just about uh about to come out as matt we got some matt facts on the screen talk to him about your life back then i can't remember were you single when we went to this wrestlemania um because this would have been Haley sort of time wouldn't it we're naming yeah, names on the podcast um, tonight it would have been yeah, 2003, Jesus. Yes, it would have been. Um, yes, I was with a lady who was a, a dancer who used to dance with, um, uh, I suppose you guys might know, uh, Cheryl Cole. Those of you stateside, Will I Am. She danced with people like that. So, yes, I was with a young lady. Uh, I was working uh, in retail, doing well with that, um, and basically spending half of my year's wages on Probably WrestleMania. More than I was more spending than more than half, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah Safeco Field our trip to Seattle our, was that the night we heard some gangbanging while we were asleep <laughs> I'm sure we heard a few uh, okay so that we, that's that's later in the holiday actually so it was I think it was in Seattle but it was when we changed hotels um, because we stayed in the W Hotel because we this was the first year that we were on the WrestleMania travel package if yeah. you remember and also as part of that travel package um we were sat second row at this and I think we when we so basically if you've never been on a travel package before and I don't think they do it like this now I think they just tell you what tickets you've got and they just send it to you but back then you'd be told the hotel but no other information other than that so you'd go and turn up on the Friday evening you'd go and queue up um, and then you'd get your stuff 
and you open the envelope in the room and it was like second row WrestleMania, second row Raw, front row SmackDown. And we, I think you fell on the floor, didn't you? Yes, And then yes, we, I did. we danced out of the room, arm, basically with our arms around each other because we've never been more excited about anything in our lives than that. So yeah, that was quite a moment when they, when they told us that we were second row. And we were on this quite a lot, actually. In fact, I just saw the Hulkamaniac guys that we met at rest. So we queued up at Toronto the year before with these guys that were big Hulk Hogan fans. And just as a matter of pure chance, we were sat next to them at the show, which was nuts, wasn't it? So we've, I've just seen them in the crowd in full Hulk Hogan regalia. And we're just behind, we're just behind the Spanish commentator's desk, aren't we? I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, w Hotel. Do you remember the breakfast? I'm going to give you some real minutia stuff here because you said to me it's the best breakfast you've ever had. Now, does that still ring true 20 years on? Absolutely, it remains. And still, <laughs> I think it was like coconut coconut and strawberry pancakes or something or coconut and blueberry um, anyway the stack was impressive uh, you know at the moment there's a lot of these kind of kind of bespoke kind of pancake houses breakfast houses uh, breakfast at Tiffany's and whatnot. but no it remains um, yeah it was just a brilliant brilliant holiday even the shower at the W was, was totally awesome I don't remember the shower at all the shower was amazing you kept going on about it <laughs> It's always funny when you when you you're told about some stuff that is not in your memory banks, but it's about stuff that you did at the time. If that yeah, makes sense, yeah. She's yeah. yeah. got no memory of that at all. What I do remember, unfortunately, is bef- a few hours before we went to um, get our tickets, we had a little tour around Seattle. Um, and do you remember the place that we ended up in in Seattle that was a little bit unsavoury? Do you remember? No. Why don't I remember this? <laughs> Feel free to jog the memory. Uh, I'm trying to think about how I can say this in a sort of a, a slightly sort PC? of PG, to, not PC, <laughs> PG to sort of rated 15 sort of way. Let's just put it this way. We strolled into what we thought was a gentleman's club. It didn't end up being a gentleman's club. And oh, it was like, I remember. Yeah, and it was like a peep show, would you describe it as? Yeah, with booths. Uh, in association with Kleenex. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, booths in there with tissues, and basically you had to oh. had to get coins and put the coins in the machine, and then the thing would open up, and there'd be these girls in like a basically like a, a like a tight a tank, wasn't it? Like a fish, a big fish tank at the back, um, and you'd be in there, and it was oh my god! And within about um, I, I wish I could say within a couple of minutes, it wasn't a couple of minutes. Within about ten minutes. <coughs> I think we went from typical sort of adolescent boys being excited about being in a place like this to this is one of the grimmest places I've ever been. This is the grimmest place I've ever been in, yeah, in my 100%. life. And it was so sick. And I think it's probably fair to say that um, maybe some of the girls that were working there had some addiction issues, I think, yeah. judging by the, the tracks on their arms. So, yeah, that was particularly unpleasant. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, that, that Seattle holiday was, was probably... I feel like the first three wrestling trip, WrestleMania trips we went on were, were very different in, in the sense of um, they were pure wrestling trips because you were too young enough... You, you were too young to drink, weren't you, at that point? Yep. So I think the I think I feel like this is the end of a, end of the kind of first chapter of our trips. Hundred percent. Whereas, do, would you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. Definitely. Whereas the the next year was was really about it was still about the wrestling, but we always had in mind that we were gonna we were gonna go out, and we'll tell you more about that one in a year's time. So stay stay tuned. But this was this was great. I mean, Safeco Field was wonderful. Um, we went to Raw the next night, which was Rock Appreciation Night, which was. What, is that one of the best experiences you've ever had watching wrestling you live? You got that right. You got that right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we actually flew to to SmackDown in Spokane, I think it's pronounced, 
Um, Spokane, and, Spokane. Yeah, Spokane. I think I said Spokane. Do you remember that radio <coughs> thing that we were interviewed for outside? Maybe Access, I think we were... We were we were interviewed outside by some local radio and I said Spokane and the guy took the piss out of it. Do you remember that? Do you remember that at all? I don't remember that. Something else has just popped into my mind as well about that weekend was, do you remember we went to the um, like the Bagels Biceps Brunch? Yes. Yeah. And do you remember the big show was really angry at that? So I can't I can't remember exactly what, like what caused it. But he, um, someone said something to him. This match is really good, by the way. Um, someone said something to him. This is the finish, actually. Matt Hardy pinning Rey Mysterio in five minutes and 39 seconds, holding on to the bottom rope. And that is it for Ray. That was Ray's debut performance. Obviously, um, we're recording this the night of WrestleMania 39 Sunday. Um, and obviously, Ray had a, a match, a really great match with his son 20 years after this last night. Um, going back to what I was saying about uh, the Bagels and Bicycles, I'm sure this was this year. Someone said something to Big Show, and I remember Randy Orton's on the panel as well. And someone said to Randy Orton, like this was young Orton, who used to get injured all the time. Oh, you're so injury prone, you're inj- injured the whole time. And Randy was like, oh, that's like he didn't react to it very well. Someone slagged off Big Show, and Big Show in this room. And bear in mind, there were lots of families at this thing, weren't there? Mm-hmm. Big Show said, "I've got a, I've got a big house, and I've got a fat bank account, so I really don't give a fuck." Do you remember that? I do remember. Yeah. That. It's like he completely lost his mind at this yeah. like family thing, which is completely bizarre. But there we go, yeah. Um, I try to think where else. So yeah, we flew down to Spokane for um, Spokane for SmackDown, and we're on the plane with Hulk Hogan. Do you remember that? So we oh, spoke- I do remember. Yeah, he was wearing all blue. I shook his hand. Did yeah. you shake his hand? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was with what Jimmy Hart and his then wife. I think were his son and daughter though as well, Brooke and Nick. I think they were yeah I think they were yeah because he appeared that night and that was the that was the angle when um, well, I think Vince fired him didn't he I think that was the thing that went on that night um, and he came back as Mr. America but yeah I'm trying to think if there's anything else to cover but it was it was just like a pure that gangbanging thing you're talking about we changed hotels because we didn't know that you could stay in the travel package hotel longer which is a thing that we did in, in latter years um, so we went to some real like not great at all kind of travel tra- like traveling type thing mm. and there were consistently gunshots outside because I think there's an alleyway or something behind it it was right mm. down by the docks and it was a bit dodgy around there um, but yeah it was it was a great trip and as I said it was kind of the end of an era and in a lot of ways it was a bit of an end of end of an era to for WWE as well because obviously Austin last night which we'll get on later in the show anything else to add on Wrestlemania 19 before we settle in and watch shows and we'll be back with various views on the matches as we go um, yeah, my daughter chose to point out that while uh, <laughs> Jesse Ventura interviewed Donald Trump, me and Steve were caught on camera. In that like was 20, of... though. Was that 20? Yeah, it was 20, yeah. Uh, that's what, getting punched <laughs> in the head doing boxing in, in, in the years. <laughs> Great fact show. in WrestleMania 19, though. We're, we're fast forward in a year, but that is, yeah, that's all to come next year with a future 20? present. 100% it was Madison Square Garden, wasn't it? Because Mark was at that, he wasn't at this. Very true. Yeah. Very true. But yeah, no, other than just a very good trip. Um, yeah. Other standout events for me. Uh, what was it? Michael's, Jericho. We'll get there. We'll talk about the matches we go through. So, but yeah. yeah. No, just great memories. Great memories. Um, and glad to have experienced it. Right, cool. We will touch base probably a couple of matches in and just see how, how this show... Um, 
what's the right word, ages well after 20 years and whether it lives up to our previous sort of uh, knowledge of this. We've got Limp Biscuit on the screen now doing rolling, so we've got about to have The Undertaker come out, which is uh, always a treat. So we're back already because Lewis made a very pertinent point that I actually thought was worthwhile discussing on air. So Lewis, why don't you go back and say what you said about what the sort of thing that our parents would say. Yeah, the good old days during the war. No, not that far <laughs> back, but um, no, just, you know, respect of respect respecting like their era for whatever it was music entertainment culture um, and for us wrestling in the sense that almost like that first kind of chunk of shows that we sh- that we went to watch we were very young naive girls weren't really a focus maybe we couldn't drink and then like as it evolved our trips away almost became like incumbent of a couple of things like nights out as well as you know wrestling and, and then the shows um, but yeah, probably we were a bit, I suppose, juvenile and, and inexperienced to, to appreciate it in its entirety. But I, I, wouldn't, I don't know if I'd have it any other way. To I be think honest. that I think I appreciated it. But I think in terms of like thinking about the glory days of your life, like we we sit here in our forties and you look back, we were you were nine. Uh, sorry, you were twenty when we went to this. I was twenty one, and it was like really. You know, I, 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 one of the things I was saying is that I was, if you went back and interviewed the 21-year-old me, I was probably very, like, very angsty about various girls. I remember at the time there were two Allisons that I really liked. Do you remember that? Allison version one, Allison version oh, two. Oh, yeah, cause, and, you, and you called them that because of Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's fair to say, I'm not sure which out, which of the versions of the Allisons liked me less. Um, but I was smashed into the friend zone by Alison version 2 who was a guy I met through work yeah and Alison version 1 I remember that one I took her to I took her to no let me get this right so she came around she stayed at my parents house one night when my parents were away and I think it was her birthday and I like did my best to like I I think I got some like cheap champagne or something all this sort of nonsense tried to make an effort this was later this year I remember she said to me, I'm really sorry, I don't fancy you enough to go out with you. And I was like, what a crushing, what a crushing sentence that is. Um, but that's, mm. the thing, that's the thing. At the time, like, if I could go back and say to my 21-year-old self, I'd say, just relax about all that stuff. That'll all come in time. You don't have to worry about that at 21. You live with your parents. Like, mm. just go and have, go to the Blue Orchid in Croydon and go to WrestleMania and just shut up. And don't worry yeah. about it. But I think if they went, and I, I think you probably would have been the same. Because I remember probably two years after this, you had some relationship issues just before we went. Um, I can't remember her name now. You may not want me to, may not remember you. I'm sure you remember. I believe it was probably Louise. Yes, it was. Um, but I think, I think again, if you, if you, but if you think about that now, what would you, what would we give to be 20 years younger? Oh. Um, you know, I'd like, I'd like to jump back and do it and come back to now. But in terms of like the, fr- we went to, we went to LA for a week and we were traveling around. And like we did whatever we wanted. We went. We met other friends of ours in Las mm. Vegas. Like you, that's imp- and that's impossible. Stuff like that is impossible now. It like is. we will never do that again. You and I may never go to WrestleMania ever again. The, the, the likelihood is that you and I won't be at WrestleMania again together ever, okay. unless something happens like one of us wins a lottery or something. Mm. But it's probably not going to happen, is it? And that's quite sad. But back then. We used we to do it every it year for fun. We took it for... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not... I don't think we took it for granted, but in hindsight... In hindsight, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I can't begin to say... Like, I've said this on the podcast before, and this probably might sound a bit lame 20 years on, but I, I absolutely live for this. Like, for all the... You know, I don't know whether... You know, looking back, I probably was a bit depressed. I think there was there was definitely some some, some depression issues in there, mm. but people didn't really talk about mental health, and especially in men, in in 
2003 mm. but I remember every morning like I'd send you a message from the day we booked it I'd send you a message like Wrestlemania 200 days to go and I absolutely live for this 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 was the thing that sometimes you, you hear people on on TV or radio talking about like particular actors or something that's been such a big influence in their life you know oh, that's a bit cheesy yeah. but I can honestly say like what, what would where would I be without Wrestlemania like Wrestlemania has allowed me to travel all over the world not all over the world because all, all in North America but all over North America obviously we've had the absolute times of our lives watching this event we've met loads of different people we've met Mark and Stu are still friends with now yeah. like it's given so, it's given so much and it's still like and, that, and that's why it's really great that you know WWE has become really good again in the last sort of nine to nine months or so because it's part yeah. of our childhoods but yeah I don't know I thought it was just an interesting thing to talk about because you know it is it, it was such a mass it was fundamentally for what from from you were 18 when we first went and our last one together was what eight years after that so you were 26 for you from 18 to 26 and for me to 19 to 27 it was what I lived for yeah yeah I, and I would go even one further you know not just Wrestlemania but wrestling specifically WWF WWE in its entirety it's almost forged who I am as a person in terms of being confident like I always looked at talking with a girl as cutting a promo honestly okay you know, I see, yeah I see that in yeah, the sense yeah. of you know like like look at how Ric Flair kind of stars and profiles just having that ultra confidence yeah um, I was a bit of a dancer back in my my, my heyday Lewis is a very and, good dancer uh, you know just in terms of like showmanship I'm and, sure you still got the moves haven't you uh, as demonstrated by my rave efforts the other day indeed <laughs> but it it helped even like in my work life today sometimes if I'm tired or a bit you know fed up with the process I don't really want to engage people but I kind of put on my promo hat yeah and and just just get on with it and none of that would be the case if it wasn't for this yeah. this this thing that we've you know, lived, loved, and followed for all these years. So I completely agree, mate. I think that you know, and I've said this, I tweeted this out probably a few days ago. That I just think this is going to sound. It might sound cheesy. I, I don't care. There is nothing better in this world than professional wrestling. It's given us. It's given us. It's given me so much that you know. And I, and I hope that I'm still alive in fifty years' time. In rattling around in some old people's homes still watching Wrestlemania because it's been you know it's been and, I, and hopefully whether it's you know now there's unfortunately I can't go to Money in the Bank because I'm away but you know if there's a WWE pay-per-view here in the UK we'll, we'll do I'm sure we'll do our best to go along with Dan and Mark and Stu and, and various other people but it's just been it, it really was I can't even stress it it was the absolute best of times it's memories to last a lifetime and this particular Wrestlemania was just like WrestleMania 17 will always be our first. You never forget your first. But we were stuck in the, stuck right up, right up. Such such bad seats. The worst seats I've ever had to a wrestling show, which is all completely down to me doing it on dial-up internet. But this this was like this was in WrestleMania. To be fair, WrestleMania 18, our tickets weren't great either, were they? Really? No, but no, but they were better. But not yeah. But this was like second row. You know this, this this seat now would probably that probably costs us about five grand to do that uh, now. Well, I don't know it was not it wasn't even a tenth of that back then. So yeah, um, yeah incredible. Anyway, um, Lewis, anything to add before we give ourselves a little bit of a break and uh, watch some more of this? Yes, the good old years they count. We should never forget them, and they are the benchmark. Yeah, if there's any if there's any twenty twenty year olds listening, um, which I suspect there's not, given that most of the listeners are a little bit older and fans of Mid South Wrestling. Just give yourself a break. Do do work hard so you get some money to do what you want in your life, but don't sweat 
the small stuff about relationships, boys, girls, they'll be there tomorrow. Just do what you want to do and go to go to WrestleMania while you're young enough to still enjoy it. Woo! Yeah, and I think another point worth mentioning, especially as we watch this in a nostalgic fashion, is the fact that we're looking at all of our favourite wrestlers, who probably still are our favourite wrestlers, in their prime, compared to now they are retired, maybe not with us, or you know they're trainers for WWE. Um, and the fact that, just evidenced by their age, I mean, I remember looking at Anglin in an interview the other day, and he was saying, you know, I, you know, I would still love to be doing it, but my body just can't keep up. The same way how we'll never, possibly never go to WrestleMania again, is the same way how we'll never see those wrestlers perform in their primes again. Yeah, or I, anything far, far from it. I think it's I think it's it's sad because we we live our childhood wrestlers are. If you looked at a card of let's say WrestleMania six, I wouldn't like to do do the maths in my head around how many of those are dead and how many of them are alive. But a lot of our Randy Savage, Ultimate Warrior, Roddy Piper, they're all gone. You know, Randy Savage was my first ever favorite. I think Warrior was your first favorite, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so these these if if these people are alive, they're you know they're much older men now. Uh, and as you say, this this era, all of these guys are like in their fifties, if not sixties now. So the, the, I tell you, a thing that I was going to say to you is that, and I, I don't, I've never spoken to you about this. When we were twin in our twenties, the in fact, the example I'll give you. When Hulk Hogan came back for his last run in the WWF, not the one that this is, the one in 93 when he came back at WrestleMania 9, he won the title at WrestleMania 9 and then he lost it to Yokozuna. Hulk Hogan was 38 in that run, right? Wow. 38. And I remember I was I was 10 or 11 and I didn't know he was 38, but if I had to guess, I probably would have said maybe he's 40. But I remember looking at him thinking, that guy's bloody old. And even in my 20s, if someone was this is going to sound ridiculous but I remember when Steve Austin around this time obviously I didn't know he was going to have to retire I think Steve Austin's 38 here as well or 37 and I remember thinking oh he's done at 40 like 40 is the end of the world like it really is the precipice you're like an old man at that point mm. but now when you see people like John Cena last night I think John Cena's 45, 46 I don't feel like that's that old anymore because I don't feel that old myself yeah. But when I was in my 20s, do you, do you see that as well? In terms of I actors or, or musicians or whatever? I think it depends on the craft. I, you know, actors can get away with it far much. I think acting today is more demanding, like Keanu Reeves doing John Wick, things like that. You know, he's given that respect because it's quite uh, physical. Yeah. But for, but for wrestlers, I would say I can really see the difference in Cena now even compared to like five, six years ago. Yeah, he, yeah. He looks like a, a shadow of him for, of his former self. And don't get me wrong, I think I'd put him on the same age kind of uh, level as Shawn Michaels. So, Oh, he's, he's much younger than Shawn Michaels is. Yes, and, and, and yeah. I suppose what I mean to be more specific is when Michaels was probably the age Cena is now, he was still probably churning out them good matches. Him versus Taker. Um, I him think versus that would have been about the time that he retired. But you, you carry on. I'll look it up. But yeah, my point being, I think we are very lucky to have certain wrestlers like Ric Flair who've carried on, you know, in senior years and been able to churn out really good matches. But for the most part, even though you know we get up and do what we have to do day to day, I am definitely a former shadow of my twenty-year-old self. I, I feel completely different. I appreciate life more, but I know my limits. So Cena, Cena is the age now that 
Michaels was in his last match against The Undertaker when he retired. So he's 45. Exactly. So, you know, respect to them, those guys as performers, they could probably still, you know, pull out really good matches. But I almost think Cena retiring or getting ready to retire is probably not a bad thing because I, I wouldn't want him to start stinking out the joint if, 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 they, if they couldn't do it to the level that, say, Ric Flair continued to do it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think... Cena's an interesting one because he he is like he's not going to ever ever do any significant in terms of like a run like a multi pay per view feud or at least I don't think so. Mm. Um, I just think I don't know about like the thing that the, the example that I used to think about a lot was when you, as, uh, you know obviously I go to Fulham and I have done since as long as I can remember since I was four or five and you go through a stage where um, there might be a few players that are that are close to your age. I remember when, when Michael Owen became uh, first hit the scene playing for England, he was like two years older than me. So you get that and you think there's some young ones and then you move into your 20s and then there's people that are younger than you that play mm. and then you get to about 30 and you've got some kid coming through at Fulham and you're like, oh, I feel like some weird parental pride about this guy like playing, like almost like, go on, son, like tear in your eye. Then you get to about 35 and you're like, well, there's no one really that plays that's my age now and if and there's a one or two and they're considered like real exceptions and then you get to my age now 41 and there's no one and like you're that's all gone mm. so i think in terms of i think it's, there's there's probably some things that i could do physically um as well as i could do in my th- 20s or 30s i think i could probably if you if you if i if i if i had to um if I could give up work, I could probably go down the gym for six months and break all my PBs on various things. Yeah. But in terms of running 100 metres, I'll never be able to do that as quick as I could do it at 29, 30. Yeah. Or, or probably 20 was the quickest, actually. So yeah, age is a funny thing, isn't it? And the mm. thing is, do you, it, we're going to go, we're gonna go a little bit deeper here now on this podcast. Who knew we are going to take this, this turn? But it's worth talking about. Have you found yourself thinking about your own mortality more as you've got past 40? Um... I think if you want to cheer up, if you want to cheer up, listen to this podcast. Then a discussion about mortality is certainly going to do it for you. Yeah, sorry, but, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I think depending on what, depending on what you have experienced and how happy, grievous, or dire they've been, will will, will will contribute to that. But if I try and separate that or separate certain things I've experienced, um. I would genuinely say yes and the positive I'll take from it is I, I'm choosing to live more in the moment and yeah. do more outlandish things things I would not necessarily have done pushing boundaries trying to uh, you know put things in place so I have no regrets or as least she's got the tattoo song hasn't she yeah I didn't remember that at all this is Victoria coming out but yeah uh, I, I would definitely say yes I consider it I think about it and I think we should it's yeah. part of life yeah maybe that is the way to think about it that you should think about it because you want to maximise the, the time, time you have but it's yeah. such a weird it's such a weird feeling like you just don't I certainly didn't think about my own I used to think about maybe my parents mortality when I was younger mm. but I never thought about my own but we're all going to die like that's a that's a fundamental fact but I didn't think about that stuff when I was young but now I think about it. I think about, you know, in 20 years time, you know, I'm going to be 60 and, you know, or 61. And then in, in 40, if I double my age, I'm in my 80s, if I ever even get there. So that's mm. a, you know, not a depressing, not not to, to go down like a depressing angle. But I think that is, 
you know, I would never have thought about that for one second at 35. 35 is not that long ago. I never would have, I would never crossed my mind for one second. Now. I know. I mean, I don't know uh, if you know offhand, but right now, guys, we're watching uh, a women's championship match with uh, Jazz, Victoria, and Trish Stratus, who was in the uh, event last night with Lita and uh, Becky Lynch I googled her and she's 47 is she wow okay and don't get me wrong Trish Stratus is still a beautiful woman but she doesn't look how she used to look well who does do we and like, although I would never have um, you know I would respectfully say she's older I never would have thought she was 47 I think she looks very good for 47 do you not think I think she looks good for 47 but for, I remember at times before well, like 47 is quite old really yeah yeah, I mean, well, being a forty-year-old, it doesn't seem so much because it's only a few years off from what I am. Now. Yeah, but comprehensively in my mind, I would not say forty-seven is a young-aged person. No, and I think that is, yeah, I mean, that's an altogether different, you know, um, kind of a different thing in terms of you just. I'm trying to. I basically, I'm trying. I'm talking around the houses around noticing women that are older. I think is a thing now, definitely. Mm. Um, not to go down like too much of a kind of a pervert, pervy route, but it's definitely a, a shift change when you when you get older. Is and I'm sure this is probably the same for women as well in terms of like noticing people that that might be a bit older than you would have done before and thinking, oh, she she's like whatever, she's nicely dressed or whatever. I've been very politically correct on this bit, but you know you all know what I'm what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. Forty seven is um, it's not old in the grand scheme of things, but I suppose yeah, twenty years on, she was twenty seven here, so. Yeah, I don't know. I've got myself into a little uh, little wormhole I can't get out of there talking about Trish Stratus. Basically, I'm really into MILF, so I can't really say it any other way, but there we go. <laughs> Let's concentrate on uh, the match. Uh, this match, actually, um, as I say, Jazz versus Trish versus Victoria. I remember seeing her doing a, what was it, a float over leg drop on Trish Stratus, which is probably the best ones ever, and possibly one of the first times I ever used my term... Jesus to represent a Jesus move in a women's match actually I remember this being quite good wasn't it it was really good this, as I said this is the first time I think I ever used that uh, that term in a women's match and weren't you I remember so Lewis used to come round so back in the day Raw would be on a Friday night in the UK and you would come round Sunday no, I think no, no. Back then, you'd come around a lot of Fridays. I think so. This is after. This is probably a bit after this or around this sort of time. I feel like um, it wasn't live until maybe like two thousand six, two thousand seven. But I was still with my parents, then, and you'd come around on a Tuesday to watch the night before's. Right. But I feel like at this time, maybe not every Friday, but I feel like you might have been around two Fridays Jesus. a month. I think. Yeah. Certainly in the right. yeah, certainly in the run up to. WrestleMania, because I remember dropping you off down to... I feel a bit bad about this 20 years on, actually. I should have given you a lift home. don't know why I didn't. I probably didn't know the way. I'm very bad with, with uh, directions. And I didn't have a... There was no, well, I think sat-navs were a thing, but I certainly didn't have one. But mm. I used to drop you a Savcoin bus garage, didn't I? That's all good. That horrific journey. Yeah, I can only apologise for those, that, that lack of lifts. But um, I would often not want to watch the women's match and be like channel surfing or whatever. But you were always more... Was well, I'm massively into women's wrestling now, but I wasn't then at all. Yeah, I, I, well, they're women to start off with. But I always wanted women to get to the level of the men's and I always respected that they had something to prove. Yeah. Um, and I always felt like they gave as good a performance as the mid-carders because they, you know, they wanted to 
have that evolution. They wanted that revolution, which we saw, um, you know, probably when Becky Lynch started to to get popular. The thing, the thing is that um, about it is that I've I've since discovered that actually, if you watch all Japan women in the eighties and nineties. The women in that were better than the better than most. Well, actually, better than most men. Really? Yeah. There's, there's. So I did a. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. You know, Dave Meltzer is a Western journalist. Yes. So he, um, obviously, he does match ratings. And back in the pandemic, I did a thing where I watched every match that he'd ever given five stars to. Okay. Uh, and there was a lot of there's a lot of Japanese stuff in there because I mean that is the style that he likes. Actually, I, I quite like it as well. But there's there's Manami Toyota and a few other people. Um, around that time we worked for All Japan Women's it's now defunct but the matches are at, there's loads of stuff on YouTube but at some, some point when you've got some downtime look up Manami Toyota from like the early 90s and it was, it's inc- the stuff is absolutely unbelievable mm. there's a match from I think 86 I wish I could remember the ladies names which is one of the which is the first women's match that gets five stars and it's absolutely it's like uh, snap suplexes German suplexes 100 miles an hour everything looks crisp nothing looks light it's so it's like it should be today rather than then cool. so actually i think i think there's a, with regards to to women's wrestling women's wrestling and they used to draw like they 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 i'm not i don't think they sold out the tokyo dome but they certainly had a big um big big crowd for an event called dream slam it's like a 12 hour show which is mm. insane um but this is i think this is the is this the finish no um so it's worked and it's drawn. I think the problem, and they, this is this is good. Like we're watching this while we're talking in the background. There's nothing. There's no holes in this work whatsoever in this match. No. I think the the problem is is that they were never for for wrestling to be really really good. It needs and you need reps and it needs time. So that so the girls if they're doing a five minute match on Raw and like an eight minute or nine minute match at a house show, how good can you ever really get? I suppose yeah. if you're doing that. And also the other thing that's massively massively important is opponents so the standard of your opponents so victoria here i'm, I'm really impressed with this actually but if you're if, if you're trish and you're like kind of middling and she did pretty well in her career i think overall she was she was good but if you're if she's working with girls that are better than her all the time then she's going to get better Absolutely. But if she's working with people that isn't aren't as good as her or at her level she's only she's going to stay at that level yeah um and i think that's that's such an important thing um, but yeah, this is really good, and Stevie Richards has just turned up here as well. So yeah, I think he was out with Victoria, wasn't he? And he Trish was, just yeah. sitting with the stra- satisfaction. This the crowd's into this. Joe, what we're gonna we'll, we'll come back because I want I want to get get into this and watch the end of this match. So Trish, what's that to win the title, wasn't it? So Trish just won the title in seventeen minutes and se- seven minutes and seventeen seconds. And I thought it was a really really enjoyable match. So what, you were just talking about the finish there. You weren't a massive fan of that. No, never have been because. As I'm ex- as I've explained earlier, my daughter's now into wrestling, and I'm trying to show her the like the golden standard of perhaps holes in the work or a really good finish. And Steve Richards comes into the ring and receives the st- satisfaction from Trish, but then in order for Trish to win, she just kind of does like a, a mid stomach kick to Victoria. Oh, here we go. Um, Let's listen into the rock. Hold on. We've just seen one of the best promos of The Rock's career. This is the no one remembers Act One or Act Two. Everyone remembers Act Three. We were I was wetting myself during that. That was such a good promo. How good was that? How good was that? Yeah, the standard really. Um, a different era for The Rock. Not my favorite era. My favorite. Oh, era I think was you like that. No, the... I was rocking my Via era. Oh, uh, so you were like Nation of Domination heel Rock because you're yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know. A combination of a lot of things. His third match with Austin, 
you know, all the information we later found out around it, why Jim Ross was so Which we, do you remember do you remember how we found that out? So we no, how did we? So okay, so you know that remember the we were talking earlier on about the, the hotel with the gang banging and stuff. Yeah. So we went to Raw on the Monday night and at the start of the show they did a they did a thing where Eric Bischoff said that Austin was injured, right? And that was it, that was the end of the rock that Steve Austin for the night. Um or Ben was coming out always awkward. We'll talk about him in a second actually. Um so that was it and at the end of the night Goldberg came out and attacked the rock now just to pause a second on that that was rock appreciation night and that we, were talk- we talked about that a little bit but that we were second row the rock was booed out of the building when he first got in he stayed around after the- after Raw went off the air and by the end of the night everyone even me who and I I was I was a bit anti the rock back then because I thought he was a sellout but it's ridiculous saying that 20 years on obviously if you've got a choice between being on the road 250 days a year or making movies in Hollywood obviously you're going to choose Hollywood I would do that all day long you know so it. yeah exactly what an idiot I was you know it right um, yeah sorry where was I going so, and everyone was chanting his name so going back to how we found out about Steve Austin we went and used the internet room yes internet rooms were a thing before the days of Wi-Fi and mobile phones that you could do everything on usually a, a, a hotel would have an internet room which I think you had to pay let's say $10 or something for an hour's of in, hour internet mm. and we went on and we found out that what Eric Bischoff had said on Raw was legitimate about Steve Austin's injury and his career was probably over and then I think later when we watched Wrestlemania the movie the year probably we knew some details more in the year but then it all came out about the the hospital and stuff that during the course of that year I'm um, sorry you were going to say something before that no no go on, go on I can't remember where we were going where were we going on all that Oh, I know what you can say. You you were talking about the rock and how maybe your fandom isn't quite where it was. Yeah, I mean, I think now he is kind of at you know the place that he wanted to be uh, career-wise. Hollywood, you know, leading man. He, he he kind of took the whole weight of the action man genre on his own. But where I know the rock through the promos, through all the years of watching him wrestling following him I kind of know when he's on fire when he was nervous when he was embarrassed like when Cena said he had the writing on his hand like I, I can see who he is yeah. and one thing I would say is for those of us who have followed his career into the movie side of things um, someone had said oh he kind of kills movie uh, franchises and I remember thinking what? But when you think about it, a lot of franchises he has been involved in have kind of digressed. And the other side of it is, um, he did a movie called Black Adam, uh, which is part of the DC, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman world, um, and and kind of vied for Henry Henry Cavill to come back as Superman, which he did, and it was kind of known shortly after that you know he's used his Hollywood reputation pulling power to kind of get what he wanted from the situation which was Henry Cavill to do a cameo in the Shazam movie um, but for the most part the creative team at DC have, have kind of since had a U-turn on that and he himself is no longer Shazam but I don't know I, I, I just get the feeling that I would much rather him be in wrestling even if it was as a manager cutting promos helping the younger talent to get over. Do you not think he's too big of a name for that now? I think that injuries in wrestling have always helped wrestlers to regroup, maybe change character, reflect on, you know, what direction they want to go, he'll face whatever. 
I don't think you have that in movies. And if you're having consecutive movies which aren't doing so well, they're bombing at the box office. He's lucky who he is because wrestling, WWE, we always welcome him back. Yeah. And I'd much rather see him be off from making movies for a year, being in WWE, maybe being a manager, you know, being on a Legends contract and entertaining than kind of just being where he is. And I feel he's kind of in a bit of limbo at the moment. Do you think um, he should, do you think for his career it would have been better for him if he'd done WrestleMania? Hundred percent. He should have come back. Four well, that, that's sorry to interrupt, but that's kind of what led him to a much bigger degree of stardom, wasn't it? it was coming back for the Cena matches. I thought anyway. absolutely. Yeah. and I loved. I can't tell you whether it was sheerly because of his uh, busy schedule, but I love the fact that they had that year to build the first match, yeah. and that it was instead of you know, at WrestleMania or even, you know, this Sunday, it was a year from now and it was allowed, it, it allowed us to create such a hype around it. I completely agree. And it's, um, the, bit, it's the most, bo- they'll ne- I don't think WWE will, in the in the foreseeable will ever be on pay-per-view again, mm. um, but I can't ever see a, a, a WrestleMania doing more pay-per-view buys than that did. So, I know. yeah. So yeah, that's an example, like an example. And I'm a, a rock fan through and through, but a bit like Dave Batista, who's also moved into that echelon and doing things Hollywood-wise, I would probably say Dave Batista is in a better position right now as a wrestler turned actor than The Rock is. Have you seen Knock at the Cabin Door, Batista's latest? I it's haven't. Very, it's very good. It's but very good. One of the reasons why I can imagine that's very, very good is because I get the impression, based on the few uh, Dave Batista movies I have seen, he's he's ringing true to his wish and his dream which was he didn't want to be you know a Hollywood megastar he wanted to be an an actor and the quality of his work the kind of roles he's picking are more acting yeah method acting kind of rather than where The Rock went with it which was more trying to be the all rounder action hero kind of guy Mm. Um, with an amalgamation of everything that Stallone Schwarzenegger all those guys did don't get me wrong I want him to still be on the top of whichever mountain he he's on wrestling or, or Hollywood um, but yeah we'll have to watch this space and I, and I hope that he um, continues to do great things but yeah getting back in the WWE ring doing something never ever a bad thing I feel like the moment's gone I think LA was the one he's not getting any younger I, I can't ever see it happening now to be honest I mean I think he might he'll appear again but I think the match is, is gone we're watching here now um so it's Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas versus Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero versus Chris Benoit and Rhino. Benoit, can you watch his matches? I mean, we're obviously watching a match now, so I can watch it. Would you choose to watch a Chris Benoit match? I don't think there's any wrong or right answer on this. I'm just interested. In, I always what, ask this. I'm, I'm interested in different people's opinions on it. Talking of opinions, I watched a brief podcast with Angle. It was the same um, one where Angle's saying that he feels, I think, three of his best matches. Um two of which one uh, was him versus Michaels at Mania yep. and the other was him versus Benoit and he says Royal Rumble 2003 I think that was that's yeah. the one he says he's so upset that one of his best ex- displays of work has been ruined by the by the actions of somebody outside of their work Yeah, um, and I completely agree it was Paul Heyman who also had said you know he's able to separate the two the man and the 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 career and in terms of career even like people like Dean Malenko and seeing a lot of his early work in WCW like these guys are 
just master technicians of their of their craft. I love the whole shoot wrestling, mat wrestling, Roman Greco, um, the luchador style, and these guys did it to the best I've ever seen it. And it's just a shame that you that Benoit being as unique as he was, incorporating those styles as well as like being one of the hardest hitters, you know, it all went how it went. But I can still watch those matches. Would you seek out a Benoit's match to watch, though? <sighs> I think that's the difference. Like I'm watching this now, but, but I would way. never. Che- I don't think I'd ever. Che- if I wasn't doing a podcast, if for the sake of completism, would I watch the WrestleMania 20 main event again? I don't know if I would. You know, if, if I it, don't think I would. No. I th- like, or, but more importantly, if I was going to, I wouldn't be watching it because of Benoit. No. I- I'd kind of be watching it like in and around those other big players who he fought. Yeah. And what do I mean more specifically? Like I'd never seek out a Chris Benoit DVD with his best moments. 100% not. No, I think we're on the same page of this. You know, next year, um, you know, if we do this, maybe get, um, maybe get Mark, well, hope, yeah, hope, my plan is to get you, me and Mark on something to do WrestleMania 20, 20 years on. Um, we'll watch the Benoit match, I'm sure. But I just have never sought out a Benoit match since that, that day and I remember it really vividly. And we may have spoken about this on the, on the podcast before, but we, you were coming round to my um, parents' house that night anyway to watch Raw. Mm. And it was supposed to be the Vince McMahon... What would it have been? The, it was the week after Vince McMahon's limo exploded, wasn't it? And I, and I don't think you were coming round because it was that storyline. You were just coming round. You, like, like you were doing... This, this was back when it was Tuesday. Um, and by the time... Th- this story broke overnight didn't it so by the morning we knew what was going on we knew that he 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 they all died um and we watched the raw tribute but we well, obviously the, when the raw tribute was put together we knew we, they didn't know that for sure that what had happened had happened mm. so i remember i remember actually it was such a, it was a big deal i remember we watched on one of the new one of the american news channels the press conference uh, like one of the one of the early things but it was a, it was a horrible day I remember wake, waking up in the, like I couldn't really get to sleep um, and then I realised that the photo of me and you had one as well and I don't know what you did with oh, yours yeah. um, I and I don't, I, I don't I honestly can't remember what I did with mine I suppose I chucked it out at WrestleMania the week, WrestleMania 20 weekend we queued up and had our photos taken with Mysterio and, and Benoit. Benoit yeah but I don't I've got no idea can you, can you remember what you did with yours mm, uh, I think at my, at my mum's there's a box with all of my nostalgia stuff you know the yeah. frames we've got um, and didn't we see him in Seattle when we went to the Space Needle it was with his wife wasn't he he was we did see him yeah I'd, I'd completely forgotten that but you know you said that it because it, we went we went on the Monday didn't we we went on the day of Raw yeah. and Benoit was off that night because it, he was on Smackdown that's awful isn't it um, I don't know whether were Benjamin and Haas champions going into that match because they've just won anyway in no, I don't 8 think minutes they were. and 46 seconds yeah I'm not sure god that was a good little faction yeah that was Team good Angle. Woo. but yeah it's just it's just one of those where yeah it was I mean it left a, you know a deep scar on the wrestling industry but that's that's the least you know bad thing about it the, the thing that was the worst obviously the you know that child lost his life, and the, and the, and yeah. Nancy Sullivan lost her life as well. So yeah, it was um, it was horrific, really. But yeah, next up we've got um, a real big one actually. So I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna watch this, not the not the Miller like cat fight girls. We're gonna watch Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho, and we'll come back at the end of that match with our thoughts on on a match that I think is held in 
pretty high esteem in the annals of WrestleMania, would you say? 100%. Yeah, so does will this this uh, Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho match age well? Obviously, I've been... I don't know if you know knew, knew about my controversial tweet. Did you hear, hear about that? Because I know you're not a Twitter man these days, no, are I you? No, I didn't. Do tell. So someone tweeted that if Kenny Omega went to um, WWE, he should go to NXT and learn from Shawn Michaels, basically. And I tweeted that Kenny Omega was light years, light years better than Shawn Michaels in the ring. And I got a lot of hate on Twitter for that, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I think that Omega is light years better than Shawn Michaels. There you go. We've but, never discussed but, 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 this. But, 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 but I think it all is in the eye of the beholder. For example... Well, it's obviously... It's all... Yeah, we did it. I did it. I was on, an, on a, I guess, on another podcast now. And I was... Sub- we did talk about that. And it's all subjective, obviously. Absolutely. No one could, yeah. Absolutely. And I think as we are all fans of wrestling, like, what am I looking at? What am I looking for when I see talent in the ring? For me, I need a promo to do what it should do. Sell. Oh, I'm just talking about in ring, by the way. With but, these right, you, but then you, in terms you of in ring, yeah. I think, well, it's the whole thing of, 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 of Brett versus Sean and who was better. It's, it's very similar. Do you know what I mean? Brett was a technician. Sean was more of a showman. So when 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 we when we watch these matches, what are you looking for to be entertained? Yeah. To say it's a good match, patches in work. Bret Hart, I could watch all day, every day, but he was often putting over or or selling matches with guys who are who are not as good as him. One hundred percent. Shawn Michaels often worked with better talent, but because of you know his or especially the old version of Shawn Michaels, the ego, he was very entertaining. And I always said Jericho was never ever as good as people made out, which is the the promo yeah. package we're just watching. But that got changed on the build of this match and the 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 performance of this match, whereby I'd say Jericho, you know, is great in his own right. So when you talk about the comments about Omega, looking at just his work, I would say he is better. But then I could say that about a lot of people. Yeah, I don't want to go over a lot of old ground, but I will. I will go over some, the, the 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 overriding thing I think with the two, and I'm 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 really looking forward to watching this match again. Is I think that Sean's style doesn't age as well as Brett's, um, and that, and that is that's really because I think a lot of people like we're seeing some flying on the screen from Michaels here. Mm. There's lots of people that do that element of what Sean Michaels did a lot better, and that's not to run. I don't want to, I don't want this to be a uh, you know I really like Sean for a lot of years. Um, and I, if, Joe, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a line on that now because I don't want to get back into the. I've, I feel like I've repeated myself about a hundred times talking about this, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this match. We'll we'll touch in at the end of Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho. We were having a peaceful time. We were trying to have a peaceful time about to watch Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho, and Lewis has just committed blasphemy in my living room by saying the following words: CM Punk is maybe was overrated would you like to expand on that horrific opinion Lewis yes we were speaking and just before we got onto that point uh, a point I made was what I like in wrestling what what entertains me what what attracts me yeah um, and the, the promos uh, that used to build for pay-per-views Whereby certain wrestlers used to like Angle, um, Cody Rhodes now say stuff like this Sunday, Shawn Michaels, this Sunday, I used to love it. Um, the in ring ability, 
how they interact with the crowd all of those things are what I determine um, you know or deem things which, which, which make a good match and although Punk was probably the, one of the best if not the best of mic speakers there is footage at the moment of uh, Logan Paul I don't know if I'm getting the, the name of the move right. Slingshot? Buckshot Lariat. That's the one. Buckshot Lariat. And a novice like Logan Paul doing it compared to a pro like CM Punk doing it and failing, you know, miserably. And I never, ever, ever thought his in-ring work, other than his finishes, I never thought his in-ring work was really that great. Um, and that's where I stand behind my statement that he's overrated and one thing I think everyone needs to remember like with anything one in the world, thing is that everyone needs to remember is that Lewis will not be invited back <laughs> I don't want to have this opinion <laughs> do you know what I mean like, I want someone to be as good as um, their reputation or the thoughts of them even uh, Becky Lynch was on um, some kind of interview the other day saying that she's not sure that Cody Rhodes is ready are, are you saying that because as she then went on to say she would have liked to have seen Seth Rollins yeah, she's at, in absolutely that deluded in that but I think they're setting up the, the follow up which will be those sure. two yeah. but I want everybody wrestlers people who have entertained us for all these years and will do in the future I want them to be as good as you know they can be um, and unfortunately in terms of in, in ring ability there are those around him who who, who were better are better and in the future will be better. I mean, just look at someone like Ricochet. In-ring ability... Yeah, but nowhere on world. promos compared to Promos, nowhere in sight. But in terms of in-ring ability, it is what it is. It's there for everyone to see. And no one can take that away with Ricochet. No one can ever take it away from Ricochet. So that's what I mean specifically. All other credentials, fair play. But in-ring, a lot to be desired. All right. I, I would normally... I would normally have the energy to disagree with you as strongly as possible about Punk. However, I really want to watch Michael and Jericho, and I think you do as well. Fair so, point. we'll be back and on. So, Shawn Michaels has beaten Chris Jericho in 22 minutes and 33 seconds. I thought that was really good. I thought it was really good. Um, no, no better, no worse. It was really good. I liked it a lot. I thought the finish was really, really good as well. Uh, what do you think about Michaels and, uh, and Jericho? And did it live up to your memories of it? Yes, it lived up to my memories of it. Um, something we were talking about mid-match was if the likes of someone like Jericho thinks he's better than he actually is. We came to the conclusion that he is based on working at somewhere like WWE for a long time. And the reason why I mentioned that is because he was on a podcast recently saying that this is probably one of his best matches. Um, you know, that's fine. But it's it's probably no better than other really good moments or other good matches he's had but probably not top five or anything like that um, I think it's top five of, his, of Jericho's career of his career but yeah. not of all time oh hell no and I think that's where there's a bit of a I did like that shots of the balls afterwards though yeah the, the actual after match ending was very good so yes next question uh, well I, I if there's anything else you wanted to add on that at all in terms of the match yeah, it was a nice walk down memory lane, um, and I agree with you. It was, it was as good as I remember it, but I'm no not more, sure no less. whether I'd go like on our show. We do like must watch is like probably like close to 
if you want to do a star rating like 4.75 or 5 I think I probably would put this somewhere between recommend and must watch I thought it was really good but I don't think it was it's not the absolute zenith I don't think is it uh, yeah if I was if I'm honest I know it's cold but if I was going to recommend a match I, it probably wouldn't be this and if it was anything to do with Michaels I'd probably go angle Michaels over this yeah I'd agree with that um, you also talked about is this um, Sylvan Grognier or something do you remember him yes <laughs> um, you also said something hor- I'm not sure what, what I found more horrific uh, that you said my tonight, punk point or my punk uh, or you said that Seth Rollins should be in the title let's, let's just think about Seth this see this Goldberg thing. This didn't air in the in the stadium, did it? On the night, unless no. we were in the toilet, it didn't, did it? No, because I think they were saving because of the whole Rock Appreciation Night. Yeah, so is this in action at it. Backlash or something? Because we didn't. Yes, yeah, did, I'm sure that didn't air in the stadium, no did way. it? It didn't because no Goldberg was a relative surprise when we. The Which is why night, The Rock got it? frustrated and said, hey, hey, yeah. hey, don't think you're smart cause just because you know The Rock's the kind of Ira Goldberg. And they talk about it on the pay-per-view. I don't even remember that. So Yeah, exactly. Um, I I've, I find that quite... But then they, they're they all chanting Goldberg, aren't they? I know. I think we must have... I think we must have been in the toilet. Because it was a long way, wasn't it? Do you remember? Yeah, I, th- I think I we probably left at the end of Michaels and Jericho. They were all chanting Goldberg. So they must have shown it in the Yeah, the I don't stadium. remember this. No, I think we must because literally at Safeco Field which is a baseball diamond it's even further towards the toilet because you had to walk off the pitch and right to the back so I think we would have picked that moment and that's why we never, we've never seen it I don't think I've ever seen that before no me never uh, which is really odd but then was that on the was that on the sky I don't remember that being on the because we the, 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 the version of this I'd have seen the most was what aired on sky that night and you think it must have been I don't know I'm very confused. You said about Seth Rollins being um, near the title. I think Seth Rollins is overrated. I think all the stuff this past week with him and Becky about how he should be in a moment is totally deluded. I think he's never been over at any significant level, never been anywhere near as over as Cody is, is right now. And also the time that he was the most over, he allowed himself to be spoke talked into some horrific creative where they had him on screen with Becky Lynch and the Bray Wyatt stuff. And then he just needs to it, back then he'd take a hard look in the mirror and realise that he was to blame because Austin, Rock, Hogan, Triple H, real top guys wouldn't have allowed themselves to do that shit. And that's why I just think Rollins I wouldn't have him anywhere in the title ever again. He's upper mid card. He's the guy you beat before you get to the guy where he's a babyface or a heel. That's my opinion. Oh my I understand that opinion. I, like I, I comprehensively I get that. Why did Limp Biscuit not release this Crack Addict song? I thought it was great. I know. I think that um, his story going forward will always kind of be, be linked to Becky Lynch in some way. And I think that they don't know what to do with him and he's creative has kind of given him the character he's got now. But in terms of that run when he was WWE champion and, you know, uh, what, American States uh, American United States United States champion I enjoyed that um, obviously the shield the, the turn on, on on those guys with the chair shot to Rome and all that kind of stuff so for me he's still a top guy and I and I think uh, put it this way I would rather them see I would rather see them use him 
uh, and continue to develop his character and give him a few more runs as champ than him go elsewhere. I, I he hasn't got the guts to go anywhere else because he gets shown up as a, like an average, above average worker. Fair point. Well, maybe we will see if he does go anywhere. No, he won't go anywhere else. He'll cash his big WWE checks in for the rest of his career and have a little moan here and there and live in his little deluded world about... But I do think, I do actually think that perhaps in this instance he's not that deluded and it's actually an angle. I think it's part... Because Cody said something about Seth, how they don't really get on. Yeah, I do, I, I do I, think... I saw that. Yeah, I do think this is about... And I'm not sure it's Backlash is the one. Are they trying to build a rivalry between them? Well, they did have a rivalry when Cody first came back and Cody won, I think, three straight matches. Mm. And then Cody was injured before the last one. So I do think that's where we're going. And I don't hate that. Whether that's big enough for SummerSlam... I don't know, but then you've got. I mean, presumably, if Cody wins, well, it would have. If he's won, he's won by now. By the time this comes out, um, so this is probably a little bit after the fact. But um, presumably, we'll, we'll be back to a situation where the where the world title is defended on most pay per views. Maybe not all, because we are in a weird this this environment, and you'll see it when we watch WrestleMania tonight. Watching a WWE pay per view now is not like it was here when it's match match backstage match. Between every single match, there's like a weird little advert break, basically, because it's on it's on a streaming service in the States. It's got 20 million subscribers. Mm. So it's like on their live channel. And there's like an ad tier where um, people, a bit like Netflix has got a, like, an, like an ad tier, which is cheaper. So that will cut to their advertisements. But, we're, but the WWE Network is like the higher tier. So we get like, you get a video package about Bianca Belair or something when she's not on that particular show. So it is different. Mm, mm. And because of that, because they're paid a fixed fee, it's not on pay-per-view, they're really paid a fixed fee, they've got more ability to do try different stuff on pay-per-view, whether that, or premium live event, they call it now, whether that be like a number one contenders match for like the main event or a tag title match or something. So it hasn't got to be, and I'm not anti that, it hasn't always got to be time. about... Yeah, it hasn't got to be the classic like this time would have been 2003 would have been all about who's a world champion against or two world champions at this point on the next pay-per-view and the next pay-per-view and you might have a couple of rematches or whatever but yeah the whole business model is completely different now mm. noted <laughs> anything to add on Rollins um, some of the best moments in the last decade have involved him I don't Cash doubt. In the century, I don't. Yeah, yeah. The, I agree the with greatest, that. the greatest RKO of all time. Um, so you know, and and allowing that because he's willing to put his move or someone else's move over his to create those kind of moments. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's he's definitely an asset, and he's got more to give than I think we we see. But that's my opinion. I thought that was great from Biscuit there. I don't know why they never never released that. Um, we've got a fairly uh, infamous match coming up next. We've got Triple H versus Booker T in a match that I think, well, in hindsight, because Goldberg was coming in, perhaps Triple H needed to win. But at the, t- at the time, I think we were really hopeful that Booker would win this, weren't we? I didn't have a problem with it, the overall... Selling the match, there was I think there was one promo where he's like people like you. You know what? Booker. I'm gonna fast forward the WrestleMania cat fight. I think if you don't I just, mind, I just didn't like the the finish to the match and how long it took him to cover him. It was ridiculous. Yeah, he literally he literally pedigreed um, Booker and then took about half an hour to actually cover him. I presume you've got no issue with me fast forwarding the Metal Light cat fight girls. 
which is uh, this sort of segment doesn't really age all that well, does it really? But there we go. Yeah, he just took a long time. I think it was, it was, I don't know, it's difficult, isn't it? Because if you've got Goldberg coming in the next night, then your journey, and your the journey is to Goldberg versus Triple H, isn't it? But then maybe what you do is, would it have mattered all that much if Booker had won the title on this night and then Triple H won it back at Backlash? Would that have been a better, do you think that would have been net long-term better gain for Booker, I think? Yep. Yeah, and I think that's, though I'm not, you know, I'm not for short title reigns, I do think that's probably the way they should have gone. I'm for short here. title reigns. Absolutely, because it's a, it's a dip in the toe in the water and see how the crowd react. You don't want to, you don't want to put a long story in, in play because then you end up with sometimes the crowd booing like that. Like how many times did that happen with Reigns? Long term yeah. plan, put him in, not really with the proper face heel dynamic from the crowd, and it's almost like they've pushed it on us to the point where they validate what Cena said. That's a funny belt, this version, isn't it? Because this is not the version that Triple H had at WrestleMania 20, is it? It's much smaller sure. in those clips, isn't it? Did you notice that? And also, it didn't have it didn't have the WWE logo at the top of it either. Okay. Um, something we didn't talk about earlier on, this is the first WWE WrestleMania. So WrestleMania 18 was under, under still under the WWF. Um, but yeah, that's kind of weird, wasn't that? I mean, looking, looking back on that now... That was that was strange and took a lot of getting used to to call it WWE, didn't it? I think hundred mm, percent. Yeah, and I, and I don't think that that helped the company particularly. Like that belt's really small, isn't it? Mm. It's a bit bigger there. Um, yeah, I think actually in this, by the time Triple H comes out with it, I think it's the new belt with a WWE logo on it. But I think some of those was like was like an in between one that was a bit smaller. I don't know why that why that was. That's a bit bit strange, really. Um, right, let's watch. Uh, let's watch Triple H try to destroy Booker T's career here by pinning him after 15, 15 minutes after a pedigree happens. Yeah. So we've just watched uh, Triple H and Booker T. I actually thought that was quite a bit better than I remember it being, but I've yeah, just witnessed. Say that again, sorry. Me the same. Yeah, I just I, I I knew what the finish was, but when Triple H hit that pedigree, I was like, I, it, that can't be it. That can't be. He must kick out and he does it again. But that finish. Oh my god! It's literally a month went by in between him hitting that pedigree and pinning him. That was an absolute disgrace. Any any thoughts on that Booker T Triple H match? It ruined the rest of the match. The rest of the match was really good, um, other than the fact that it was a botch. That that top rope leg drop, excuse me, should have been the finish for uh, Booker for the win. But hey ho. That was a weird cut then, wasn't it? Like, Triple H was walking out and it cut straight to the Vincent Mann, Hulk Hogan, Hogan video package. I feel like there was something missing there, wasn't there? I wonder what that was. But yeah, that that certainly lived up more than um, more than I remembered. But yeah, that finish was uh, was abomination. Uh, Vince and Hogan up next. So Hulk Hogan beat Vincent Mann in a street fight in 20 minutes and 48 seconds. We've just been chatting during the match. That was tremendously good fun. Vince yeah. Mann's facials were phenomenally good. Um, Hogan's whole cut, the crowd lost their minds. I just thought that was such good fun. There was a there was a, a 21-year-old me doing a double bicep pose <laughs> in the second row, which was slightly embarrassing. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was... 
every bit as good as I remember it and maybe even a bit better I think yeah, what did you think of it? 100% better I think whenever I've watched uh, 19 I kind of overlooked this match but I've probably got the best Kodak photos from this match um, I'm, I'm watching it again as we're saying everything crowd reaction uh, how they sold the match and these are two not young guys you know what I mean the blood street fight very impressive do you know what we need to do at some point? Because I think I've lost most of my memorabilia stuff because I didn't leave it at my mum's. I took it through my moves um, and I haven't got a lot of stuff from these. I, I, I don't know where my, I don't think any of my tickets or any of that stuff exists anymore. We should, you, you've got a box at your mum's of you. Yeah, absolutely. We should, go, we should plan a time when you're around to go and look at that stuff, I think. Yeah, because that would be really good. And maybe even just take pictures of some of it so it lasts forever. But yeah, I wish, like we were just talking earlier on, there's a, you can see... Um, me taking a picture with a um, a disposable camera during this and you think how good some of our photos would have been if we'd had I've got a couple of dodgy uh, photos of Steve Austin and The Rock on, on the Pro Wrestling Moments Instagram but yeah if only iPhones were a thing back then hmm. so we're nearly there aren't we we've got two matches to go we've got The Rock and Steve Austin and the main event of Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle what do you think of the show so far? Really good Yeah um, it is really good isn't it? Lovely to watch it back and even though we have our, our memories, obviously, um, seeing is believing, and a lot of this I kind of forgot, even if it's how it made me feel. So, yeah, really good worth. I, I think that I probably had forgotten that actually the undercard of this, if you take, we weren't probably paying too much attention to Undertaker versus Big Show and AU trying to fit, I don't even I think I've mentioned it, but everything, everything else on that undercard, and I'd say the undercard is probably everything before Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho, mm. was really solid. That women's match was was actually was actually better than solid, I would say. Mm. Um, and Booker T and Triple H was a bit better than I remember. Absolutely, it. So the, re- the cover was still ridiculous. The cover but... <laughs> was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. But the, yeah, this is this has been a very very good show. So we just sat through Steve Austin versus The Rock at WrestleMania 19, which The Rock won with three rock bottoms in 17 minutes and 53 seconds. Again, like the Hogan match, I remember that was better than I remember it. I've not watched that match in a long time. I thought that was pretty tremendous. Um, the Rock was so, so good in that match. Um, Jim Ross did a fantastic job on on commentary as well. I thought that was... And, I've, and I even thought the crowd... I, I remember the crowd maybe being a little bit quiet at points during that match. But they were definitely more into it than... We don't need your help, Apple Watch. Um, yeah, I thought the crowd were into it far more than I remember. And I thought that was a really fitting... You know, fitting last round of their, you know, trilogy at WrestleMania. It was epic. What did you think, Lewis? One rock bottom. <laughs> two and three rock bottom. Big one. Um, I watched this match regularly. As I've explained um, a few times now, my daughter's into wrestling, so uh, these are the kind of matches that I, I, I have shown her. One, because obviously we were in attendance, um, and two, because you know, my guys from my era were probably at their best here. So yeah, I think I only watched this a month ago. I can watch it timelessly. And even though Rock was here, and I loved The Rock as much as I did Austin at this, this point, I'm glad he won. Um, look at the emotion from the rock coming out of the room yeah I was just about to say and I'm glad that they had that moment at the end um, and I'm glad they kept what was said private for many years and I'm glad now that we understood that they had their moment um, in and around everything we didn't know at the time him being sick in the hospital whether the match was going to go ahead only him JR and Austin knowing and Vince knowing and yeah it's just a very special 
I don't know, for me, almost like, you know how you look at uh, Macho Man and Elizabeth? Yeah. It's almost like my version of that. Um, especially knowing that this was Austin's last one. So, yeah. All good, I wish bro. we'd known, though, is anything I would say. I know he didn't want that. He didn't want the sympathy, but I really wish we'd known. Because I remember this bit here. when You can see it in his eyes. Yeah, when he's walking out there, I remember I'm sat down. You can see the guys who sit next to you stood up. I'm not standing up because I was so gutted. I didn't really get it. I think now I might have, maybe now I might have been able to piece it together a bit, but I, I don't know if I would have done really. I'm guessing at the time I probably thought, um, well, maybe they're going to do Rock and Goldberg first and Austin can take the loss and then come back perhaps. But mm. yeah, this was, um, I just think this is such a good show. It really is top to bottom, such a strong WrestleMania. We've still got Lesnar and Angle to look forward to next. So, in the main event of WrestleMania 19, Brock Lesnar became the WWE Champion for the very first time, beating Kurt Angle in 21 minutes and 4 seconds. In again, a match I thought the crowd was not quite there with this in, in relation to how they were for the, certainly for Hogan and Vince and for Austin and Rock. But this was a really good match as well. But that finished blimey. I mean, that we've seen it before. We were sat there watching it live. It's pretty stark looking at Lesnar on the screen at the moment and how you know how messed up he clearly looks at the moment. What what, what did you think of that match and that that finish? Yeah, it's timeless in terms of how we look at the fact that he, you know, hurt himself so considerably and probably could have been a lot worse off. Even finishing the match was was very impressive. Throughout the match, Kurt Angle. Just shown his quality. Kurt Angle was so good, so especially as he probably Too shouldn't good. even been in there. Yeah, like his quickness, his speed, the counters, his power when he was doing, you know, whatever suplex he was doing. Um, it's just a shame that it didn't go according to plan. And as we looked at it, you could look and see that he should have used the other side of the uh, ring, the opposite side, because Kurt was far more closer. Um, I think that's the kind of thing the ref should have kind of inadvertently point to. We said, we just talked about talking off air, that when Lesnar used to hit it, it was quite far, but I don't know if, yeah, I don't know. If, if he'd been that much closer, would he have, he probably would have, he might have overshot it, I suppose. It. Yeah, yeah. We're just looking at Lesnar and Angle shake hands. Lesnar's not there at all. I mean, we stuck, we had to stick around for quite a while because they, they, it took a while for them to come and cut the, the tyres off our chairs. And Lesnar was out there for a long time, wasn't he, at the Ooh. end? Yeah. But, just to close off on did you have anything else to add on this match by the way before no we, just no. brilliant probably better than I remember to be fair I mean I think this is one of the strongest Wrestlemania's of all time I think I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10 I thought it was an absolutely superb Wrestlemania and it was great living it back um, and what a time what a time to be alive with some of these guys you know still in their pomp what, what would you would you what would you give this out of 10 and what are your final thoughts um I have to set it at an 8.5 only because uh, the WrestleMania moments which are more special to me I'd I'd put a, I'd probably a 9, 9.5 okay I'd put Austin Rock 17 at a 9.5 and I'd put Hogan Rock at X8 at a 9 oh I'm talking so are you talking about the, the individual matches rather than the event overall no no the overall well mm, yeah it's a bit naive on my part because yes individually in terms of matches but they kind of define the event for me yeah that makes sense Um, but yeah definitely agree with the fact that this is overall a a great offering 
9.5. So you're going 9.5 for this? No, I'm sticking to my score, but I understand in your opinion why you're giving I've gone, it what you're I've gone, it. what did I give? Nine? No, just nine. No point nine? five. Just nine, yeah. Okay, nine. So what are you giving it? I'm giving it 8.5. 8.5. It is getting late here in the UK. It's 10 to midnight. We've got an hour and 10 minutes to go until WrestleMania 39 night two starts. So forgive our weary minds. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Um, I'll be back on April the 15th with UWF The Final Year, episode four, with hopefully a very special guest. Until then, thank you all for listening. We'll speak to you again very soon. Right about now, it's time to get busy. One, two, three, Shut the fuck up and bring that ballistic rip from the biscuit. Straight through the speakers with the hey, hey. Check this future shock of rock revolution, punk. Oh my god. Here it comes, so shut it up. You keep on talking, we go shut your ass straight the fuck up. Call the cops, look up in the stands. Got another riot on our hands. I pulled this mic straight out my toolkit to fix your wannabes. It ruined all the music, but never mind. Those phonies never get it. The phonies just deny it, cause rocking in the diet. Apocalypse now, who's talking shit now? Give me the countdown. Three, two, Static. It's not.
Let's go, stay.